views and opinions expressed in this program by the host or guests do not state or reflect those of the company, its management sponsors, or any entities they represent. Oh, it's lit. We prime time. Subscribe, like, and share. Give us your feedback. Yo, I'm Manny at the plate and Kobe off a of steal. Rescue for the goal and Brady at the wheel. I'm a game changer. The Osaka of the tennis and breaking scoreboard. Simone of the Olympics. Defense and big business. The Mayweather who way better. From the greatness of Jim Brown, I bend down. Talk of sports before I was off the porch. Screaming bow nose while Jordan was playing horse. Late 80s getting torched by the drive in the shot. 2016 got a ring off the three in the block. They ease to forgot. The cardiac kids. Price and Doherty. Bell in the Indian years. This who it is. Your host D-Train. Yo, that's a name banger. Come in the streets and talk sports with the game changer. Yo, your host D-Train. That's a name banger. Come in the streets and talk sports with the game changer. D Trent, Game Change Sports Talk, Industry Sports, man. What's really, really good? It's been a minute. You know what I'm saying? Football season, I'm talking about in full effect. But just that, you know, let's kick it off right. D Trent, Game Change Sports Talk, Industry Sports, streaming on multiple media platforms Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube. Follow us on IG. Oh, I should say X. I'm sorry. Not Twitter, X. For sure, for sure. Um, X, multiple streaming platforms, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Radio Public. You know what I'm saying? Mess with us, man. What's really good? It's getting to that cold season. It's, it's, it's about to be snow time in a lot of few places. But we also like eight weeks in on the NFL season. And I'm talking about the NFL season that turned up crazy. Not today, 4 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You know what I'm saying? NFL trade deadline. All right? NFL trade deadline. And what's so crazy is we already had a, a, a couple big trades in the last couple weeks, right? So we're going to start with a small trade. We'll start with a small trade. Philadelphia, D. Lyman, Kentavia Street, and the 2025 second-round pick to the Atlanta Falcons for a conditional 2024 six-round pick if Street plays at least six games with the Falcons, all right? And we know why did Philly make this move? Because they got three of probably the top 15 good defensive interior linemen in the league, all right? To go on with a stout D that they already building up. The Falcons need um, some interior linemen help, uh, defensive linemen help. Grady Jarrett is down. Um, which would probably be for the rest of the season, if not most of it, um, with an ACL tear. Um, and hopefully he can return. He's a big guy. He's been in the league for a minute, so hopefully he can return and actually keep playing. Um, another trade Eagles made a few weeks ago was for Tennessee's safety, Pro Bowl safety, Kevin Byer. Um, he's been one of the top safeties in the league for years. Um, you know. Not getting too much love being over there in Tennessee because Tennessee hasn't been, you know, the model of winning consistency over the last couple seasons with the QB turmoil and all that. Um, it seems like, um, you know, I don't know if if they're doing a fire sale or they're just kind of retooling. 
Um, I would say Tennessee is probably more retooling. We're going to see how that match up against some of these other cats, like the New York Giants, who just a few days ago traded defensive lineman Leonard Williams to the Seattle Seahawks for a 2024 second-round pick and a 2025 fifth-round pick. Man, that's crazy. Leonard Williams um, is a guy that I feel like um, is one of the better um, young defensive lineman in the league um a guy who could really play all over the line uh nose tackle three tech uh either end a very athletic six four six five guy um you know i did want um i did want the browse to get him at one point i'm not necessarily mad that they didn't get him um but i think he's going to blossom very well in uh seattle uh especially with jamal adams back you know they got digs uh they got the rookie uh, or the second round pick. I mean, the second year, man, first round from last year. Um, then they got Witherspoon from this year, you know, Wagner back over there. Um, and they've been doing their thing, man. Geno Smith playing like a uh, like a, a, a top five pick in the draft, you know. Um, you know, it took him about 10 or 12 years, but he getting to it. So applaud to him, man. Um, more trades going on in the NFL. Um, it's probably going to be some crazy stuff going on, too. I ain't going to even lie. Oh, New York Jets traded McCole Harmon in a seven-round pick to Kansas City for a 2025 six-round pick. Now, what's so crazy about Harmon is, though, like, you just left. You left. And you went to the Jets because you wanted to play with Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers went down the first minute of the season in his debut. Um, and, and I'm not shocked because, you know, they picked up Dalvin Cook running back from uh, Minnesota Vikings. And since he's been over there, he's not been able to get any shine or barely any playing time or any touches whatsoever. Um, so New York, the Jets probably could be a team that's make a couple few moves, even though they made moves, which is crazy. McCall Hartman goes back somewhere where he has some seniority. He knows the system. Um, it is a little different without uh, Eric Bieniemy, who is now running the offense over with the Washington Commanders. Um, but you know, you know they, you know, he's gonna go over there and, and do his thing. Um, you know, his first game back, he already scored and all things like that. Um, but uh, yeah, man, D Train Game Changer Sports Talk in the street sports streaming on multiple media platforms: um, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube. Uh, follow us at Industry Sports or follow us at D-Trent. If you missed the live recording, you can catch the replays on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, and various other streaming platforms. Just look for Industry Sports channel. Subscribe to that. And then, um, you know, look for the Game Changer Sports Talks uh, show. Follow that. Like, share. Woo, woo, woo. So now we back to these this trade deadline. It's so much to talk about with the NFL, y'all. Um, you know, I've been gone for quite a few weeks. Um, and it's a lot of teams that's probably going to want to make some moves or should make some moves, right? So as we're going to go through them, let's just go through the standards right quick um, throughout the league. And let's just, just you know, before we end up on the Browns and really get to the Browns, let's just do an overview of the league, right? Uh, we start in the AFC, we start in the AFC East. Miami Dolphins, 6-2, Buffalo Bills, 5-3, New York Jets, 4-3, New England Patriots, 2-6. Now, 
this is one of the better divisions in the league as well. Um, I, even though the Patriots don't really seem to have the firepower for a person to be like, oh, yeah, they really going to be knocking heads off. Um, they do put up a good fight. And there's been a lot of talk that this might be Bill Belichick last year. Until the report came out that he secretly signed a, a contract extension in the offseason. So we're going to see how that plays out. But I would say personally, I would like to see Bill Belichick uh, move up to the front office and just be in the front office. I don't really think he should be the GM. I think you could just make him president of football operations and just, you know, get a GM and a new coach. And allow him to groom him like that. So he could, you know, he older, bro. He don't, like 80. Bro, go home. Kick it with the wifey. You know what I'm saying? You don't got no reason to be here all the time. You know, go kick it with the wifey, all right? Um, We get to the Jets, right? Four and three. Uh, third in the division. What's so crazy is, I think it should be applauded that the Jets are still four and three. Even though they don't have Aaron Rodgers. Um, I don't know what Zach Wilson is, you know, some days. I, I think it's just more that he's still young um, and, you know, experience, you know, nothing substitutes experience. So, you know, the more playing time he gets, the more plays he get, you know, I think he's going to get better. But right now, I think it's a miracle that they even four and three. But they do have a really, really stout defense, though. Like that, that Jets defense is fire for real. You know, you got Sauce, you got Quentin Williams. You know, and uh, CJ Mosley and quite a few other guys over there. That defense is really nice. Um, then you got the Buffalo Bills, right? Five and three, right? And at first, Buffalo was struggling. They didn't came on in the last few weeks. Um, you know, been a little back and forth, but they undefeated in the conference. They didn't beat everybody. Um, they didn't beat everybody in the play outside their division. They only losses is two people in the division. So, you know, Buffalo ain't fell off too hard. I still wonder, you know, about their running game. You know, James Cook does what he does, but I wonder if they make a move and bring in some some more running back help. Uh, Naheem Himes, who they um, traded for last year uh, from the Indianapolis Colts right before the deadline. He's out for the year. Um but, you know, they might bring something in. They might even go for another receiver threat, right? I mean, Stephon Diggs does do his thing. Um, Gabe Davis does his thing. You know, they got a couple other guys over there. Tight end been getting in. But I don't know. I feel like they need another piece on that offense. You know, that defense been playing pretty good. But I think they need another piece on that offense. Um, Miami, 6-2. and two. Miami some dogs, y'all. That offense so fast. First off, all right, and they not just fast, just you know, like they not Marvin Harrison. We just fast, and we ain't physical. Like they got some physicality to them too. They got some nastiness. They got some toughness to them. Um, so I personally, you know, I I'm gonna tell y'all watch out for Miami, bro. Miami might just be that thing this year. I ain't gonna hold you. Miami might just be that thing this year, man. They might, they might just be the ones you see. Um. Fighting for that Super Bowl. I don't even hold you. Like, they, Miami is a really good team. That defense is put together. Jalen Ramsey just now about to come back or just now getting back. Listen, it's about to be crazy. 
All right, let's go to the AFC North, right? So we talked about, you know, I mean, this discussion going leading up to the season was, hey, the AFC stout, you know, 10 of the teams got quarterbacks that are considered to be top echelon or potentially top echelon quarterbacks, right? Excuse me, I had to drink some water. Right? So we see in that first division, we went over. You had Tua, who was in Miami. You got Josh Allen, who's with Buffalo. We talked about Aaron Rodgers, who was injured. And even New England got Matt Jones. And Matt Jones ain't, you know, he ain't no scrub, scrub. You know, it's just more about the team around him. So now you get to the AFC North, which is arguably the toughest division in the league right now. There's some other ones that's the honorable mention, but it's arguably the toughest division in the league, right? And the Baltimore Ravens sit atop this division at six and two. Perfect in non-conference games, two and one in division games, four and one on the road, which is phenomenal. All right. Um, Lamar Jackson just seems to just keep performing and keep doing what he does. And uh you gotta commend this man, man. Y'all got to start giving this man his respect, bro, as a quarterback, all right? Whether with his legs or with his arm, his job is to win games, all right? And when he's the full-time quarterback over there with the Ravens, he wins games. Um, That's just a fact. Now, you know, we can nitpick and say, you know, he don't win games in the playoffs. Y'all did the same thing to Peyton Manning. He don't win games in the playoffs. But at the end of the day, though, a championship is a team accomplishment. It's not just on one player. There are 22 starting players on each team. There's 53-man rosters active, at least 40, 50. 50 are active on game day every week. It's not just one person's job. You know what I mean? Um, that defense, they put it together real well. Patrick uh, Patrick Queen and uh, Roquan Smith in the middle. You got uh, Marcus Williams and uh, Kyle Hamilton on the safety side. Um, Marcus Peters and um, and uh, I think Humphrey's still down. But, you know, they, like, they got a pretty, really, really good defense. Um, and that offense, you know, when speaking on the Ravens, you know, with Odell starting to come to life, um, you know, Zay Flowers really starting to show that he had number one. Bateman is just now returning back into the fold. They still got Duvernay. You forgot they got a two tight end set, you know, with um, with uh, Mark Andrews. That's that guy name. Mark Andrews and uh, Isaiah Likely. So, you know, if they're playing like this right now and they haven't found a rhythm, these Baltimore Ravens, bro, they're going to be tough, man. D-Trent, Game Changer Sports Talk, Industry Sports, streaming for multiple media platforms. Um, wherever you viewing this from, um, with the exception of uh, Twitter, X, um, it'll be a link in the comments. You can come up if you want to talk, you know, give your feedback, you can get in, type in your messages and all that. And we're going to see you and we're going to respond to you. The Game Changer Sports Talk, streaming on multiple media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube. Um, follow us at Industry Sports or follow us at D-Trent. Um, if you missed the live the live play, the live streamings, you can catch the replay on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, and various other streaming platforms. Just follow the Industry Sports channel. All right? 
subscribe, follow that, and then you will see the Game Changer Sports Talk Show with D Trent. All right. Um, so back to this AFC North, right? Because you know the Ravens right now, record-wise, performance-wise, they've been doing their thing. Now I don't agree with how they trying to line this up. I know they hate Cleveland a lot, but we just gonna do Pittsburgh because they next, right? The fact that Pittsburgh is even four and three. What's going on, darling? Is the is is you know you have to give much credit to Mike Tomlin as a coach, um, as a man, as a leader. Um, that squad is by far the least fully talented team in a division. All right, they have the least amount of playmakers and and proven stars on that team. They defensive interior front seven got some guys that's, you know, they secondary got a guy. Um, but that offense has nothing. Nothing. And somehow, some way, Mike Tomlin has these guys at four and three, two and two at home, two and one on the road, perfect in the division, three and two in conference, one and one non-conference. That's crazy. God, hydrate. That's so crazy. So, shouts out to Mike Tomlin, uh, who's never, who's never won anything less than eight games in the season since he's been the coach with Pittsburgh. Oh, he's been there like sixteen years. Um, shout out to fourteen. Huh? No, I say I, I say first time. You said fourteen or seventeen? What'd you say? Oh yeah, oh yeah, no, for sure. First ballot. Oh, for no, sure. I said first ballot. And if he's not, who? I was say you breaking up, bro. Say it again. Oh, you? I thought you were talking to somebody in the background too. No, I was saying first. Oh, that's why, because I ain't got my damn microphone. First, I was saying oh, he had first ballot. I yeah, I was saying um, Tom's in the uh, first ballot Hall of Fame. Coach. Mm-hmm. Whatever he got there, man, he makes shit happen. Ugly wins and all that, man. They they make shit happen. Our division, bro. Our division, I, man, one of the toughest divisions. Not If not the toughest. That's I'm going to always stand on that. It's, it's different. <laughs> From the weather, it's, no, it's, exactly. it's different, man. No, yeah, no. So I'm glad you said that, right? Because for some people who don't understand why people pick the AFC North as one of the toughest divisions. First off, if you win this division, there's a good chance you're going to the Super Bowl. Most of the time, when a team wins this division, they end up in the Super Bowl, especially in the 2000s. How many times have the Ravens been? How many times have the Steelers been? How many times? Well, I mean, the Bengals only went once, but how many times have they been? How many times though the the Steelers and Ravens been to the AFC Championship game or the second round of the playoffs? We can say, yeah, the Browns is the only one that don't have a resume um, like that when it comes to winning in postseason or even being eligible for postseason. But over the past half decade, maybe even a year longer, they've had one of the better rosters in the league. Yeah, one of the better front offices and coaches. Now, they can't seem to stay away from being victim of the injury bug, 
And the injury bug haunts everybody every year. But when we talk about toughest divisions in the league, we talk about teams that's going to give you day A1 all the time, including the elements. No team in this division has a dome. Everybody plays outside. Everybody plays in a climate where it snows and rain and where being hot is a scarce climate. That's all this is all the factors. In this division, if you can't run the ball, you're not going far at all. All right. So the AFC North is, you know, in my opinion, it, by far the toughest division in the league. All right. And like I say, Ravens did their thing. Pittsburgh got their thing. Now, mind you, the Ravens got Lamar, Lamar Jackson, right? So we talk about quarterback number five in the division in the conference that has 16 teams, right? We just gonna keep counting as we go along how many good quarterbacks it is in this conference, right? Um, so we get to the Browns, who's ranked third in the division. By right, the Browns should be six and one. The Browns should be six and one. It's so crazy, right? Um, you know, the way they lost to Pittsburgh was so crazy because Pittsburgh didn't win the game. Like, that's just the reality of it. Pittsburgh didn't win the game. The Browns lost the game. Um, that defense, that Browns defense, number one defense in the league, top three defense in the league has been playing this way since week one. Since the season started, right? They did a phenomenal job in that first loss. Um, unfortunately, Deshaun Watson just was not making great decisions. And his two turnovers was the difference in us losing the game. If he doesn't turn the ball over, if he doesn't miss a couple passes, the Browns blow them out. All right? We're talking about 2-0 and team. The Browns did play the Ravens. And it's so crazy because they play the Ravens. A week after playing Tennessee, Deshaun Watson looks good against Tennessee, but he gets hurt. Doesn't play against the Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore wins. Crazy how Baltimore won, but they did. Kevin Stefanski, he pulls out. Who is that, DTR? Now. A lot of people was upset. Why did he bring DTR out in that game? That's not what I was upset about. I was upset at the fact that Kevin Stefanski, as the head coach, did not have an alternate game plan ready. Just in case Deshaun Watson didn't play. You so put all your eggs in the Deshaun Watson basket that when it was time to about face and change, do a 180, you didn't know what to do. You was like a chicken with your head cut off. And you basically left DTR out to dry. People say, why you didn't put P.J. Walker in? Because P.J. Walker had just got signed to the team that Tuesday. There was no way he was playing the game. No way. I'm sorry. DTR had been there since he got drafted. So there's no way somebody else is playing in the game, bro. It's just, it's just not happening, all right? But um, it should have been more of a run-heavy type of deal going on. It was not. Um, I did not like it per se, but uh, but it was what it was. You know what I mean? Um, 
But the Browns sit at four and three. Um, Deshaun Watson is still out. PJ Walker is still a quarterback. And the trading deadline is in like three hours and 40 minutes. All right. There's been talk of the Browns might trade for Derrick Henry. Um, or they might trade for Devontae Adams. Um, there was even rumors of the Browns trying to trade for a legitimate backup quarterback. Um, this what I'll say. I understand the fact that, you know, Chubb is out for the season. Um, Amari Cooper, it's not that his skill set isn't a number one receiver, um, but he doesn't blossom the way that he should and impact the way the game that he should as the number one receiver. It's kind of like Tyler Lockett in Seattle. Tyler Lockett is the number one receiver, but DK Metcalf is the physical specimen, so they line him up at the one and let Tyler play the two. So that way, there's no number one, the receiver always going to get double teamed. So if you put him at the two, then you force the defense to have to play one-on-one, which gives you more opportunities and all of that. Um, I'm not fully opposed. Are you talking about Seattle? I just came back. I I was comparing – I was talking about Amari Cooper and how his skill set is a number one receiver. But mm-hmm. he doesn't impact the game. I don't think he impact the game the way he should, being the number one receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, and I related it to Tyler Lockett in Seattle. Tyler Lockett is a number one receiver, but DK Metcalf is the physical specimen and the younger mm-hmm. one. So he plays the number one, and Tyler plays the two, which is allowed Tyler to kill like he do. Mm-hmm. So I'm saying Amari Cooper should be used that way. And I was saying that all to the point of if it's true that they wanted to trade for Devontae Adams. I'm not opposed to them trading for Devontae Adams because I would never be opposed to potentially next year having Devontae Adams, Amari Cooper, and Nick Chubb. I would never be opposed to that. Same here. So when I made my post about it, you know what I'm saying, like we don't need them. It ain't like we don't need them, but what we getting them for right now? You feel me? And we can't even get the ones that we got the ball. And and me personally, I feel we got receivers. I would love to see them play our young boy. Let Tillman get in there, man. Big body and tough. Let that young boy play right now. You know, I like um. What's what's our little receiver? He began. It's like he Elijah Moore. Now. Elijah Moore getting most of the touches and shit, but man. David Bell? No, no, no. You talking about, you talking about more. Moore? Like Elijah Moore, he getting all, he getting most of the touches right now. But man, I just, I don't, I don't know if it's just his size. I just feel like, man, we not using all our receivers like we got right now. I definitely feel like they need to let that rookie play some more. I don't even think he played yet. You seen Tillman get in any game? I ain't no Tillman been on injured reserve most of the whole time. So he injured right now? That's what it is? Yeah. I don't know if he's necessarily injured, but it's very possible um, he could just be healthy scratches because – so keeping your same point of not using the receivers you have. You have Cooper, DPJ, 
Um, Elijah Moore, David Bell, David and Joker. So I feel you when you say like you're not even using them correctly to be even bring to even be trading for Devontae Adams. I will also add that y'all not using them correctly to even be giving Tillman no free time free to get him no playtime right now for shit to open up. But also I will say this. Amari Cooper has one more year left on his contract. DPJ is a free agent at the end of this year. Elijah Moore is going to be, he's got one more year left on his deal before it's the fifth year option. Um, so they're going to be talking some type of restructure with him. David Bell has one more year on his contract. If you trade for Devontae Adams, he gives you at least two more years left on his four-year deal. So that'll give you one whole season with him guaranteed locked in with Amari Cooper. You're going to have to end up paying DPJ anyway. So if DPJ says, I want $18 million a year, would you pay him $18 million a year, or would you rather just pay Devontae Adams the 22 You see what I'm saying? So it's like it's a, it's a gift and a curse. Like, yeah, I could pay DPJ to 18, but we're not even using him. If I give it to Devontae Adams, it don't matter if I call a specific play for him or not. Devontae Adams is just going to get open. And that's kind of the same thing with Amari Cooper. So now if you get both of them on, on one side, I mean, you know, on opposite sides, it's always one-on-one -on -one coverage. It's always. You know what I'm saying? And you be done did it with giving Deshaun Watson a year to, uh, you know, a full year to be able to really acclimate. You know what I'm saying? Which is another concern for the Browns because he hasn't fully turned the corner the way people feel like he should have yet. You talking about Watson? Before um, you get to Watson, um, yeah. what's what's Adam's contract situation? I'm gonna pull it up for, um, but last season when he got traded, he was it was his his contract was over, and then they gave him a four year. I want to say it was, I want to say it was four years, 120. Um, because then Tyreek Upton with like four years, 121 or some shit. Um, but, uh, so if I'm not mistaken, he has the rest of this year and then two more years. Um, so he signed a. No, that's the old. That's the old one. What's the new contract with the Raiders? How long is it? Here we go. Yeah, let's go to sports track. So listen, for all of those, um, when I go look up contracts and history of sports teams, I go to sportstrack.com. Uh, the sportrac.com. That's where I go to get my information. I feel like they be a lot of accurate and it's easy to navigate and get to exactly what you're trying to look for versus having to jump around. So Devontae Adams signed a five-year, $140 million contract. Um, that was last season. So if they tra trade for him, 
they will have him the rest of this year, 22 years left on his contract, not two. He had three more years left on his contract. Uh, uh, his carry probably going to make make them take some of the salary. But he something. Um, but knowing the Raiders, man, he could probably give up DPJ. Um, and he might give up David Bell. Uh, and then that would make room for Tillman to get more touches. And that might work. DPJ and uh, Bell might just fit better over there with the Raiders because they only got what, like Jacoby Myers and uh, and is it Osborne. I think he gone. I think Osborne with the Vikings. I need no. They got uh, they still got Hunter, right? Hunter Renfro. Uh, but Adams has a sixteen million dollar cap hit for next year. Um. Which um, there's a potential opt out of that contract after next year uh, that's in there for his clause, and then if he does play the final two years out of his contract, it's thirty five million dollars a piece. At that point, um, Adams would be thirty four, going into his thirty thirty fourth year of age at the end of that contract. Um, so, in my opinion. Right, you're trying to win a Super Bowl, you want to stay consistent. Um, it's not like it's not receivers coming out every year. You know, at first, I would have said, No, don't trade DPJ or don't trade David Bell or don't trade no more picks. But when Nick Chubb come back, Nick Chubb's playing, All right? And once Kareem get healthy, they're probably gonna want to bring him back next year, too. Um Four going to grow. He going to be the, the long-term guy um, or at least the long-term backup. But Nick Chubb still going to need to get acclimated back to um, back to football. So if I got Adams and Cooper over here, that takes a lot of pressure off my, my Nick Chubb who trying to get back from injury. Take a lot of pressure off my, my quarterback. He don't have to do too crazy. He know he got two receivers that's going to get open. You know what I'm saying? Guaranteed. So, you know, if the Browns trade for Adams, um, I'm with it. I'm not against it. Um, but I just feel like whatever moves they make have to be significant. Um, I do feel like if they do make a trade, it should be on the offensive end just because you've had so many devastating losses to your offense. You've lost um, – Jack Conklin, you know, he's basically going for the year. Um, you've not had Deshaun Watson for three out of the last four weeks. Nick Chubb is going for the year. You know, these are mainstay guys on your offense. So, you know, you brought in a, a Kareem Hunt. You know, you picked up a couple guys on the practice squad to fill up. But if Barry's going to make a move and show, like, hey, we're still going for the gusto, uh, Adams move and it's probably welcome. I think Adams would like to play in Cleveland more than he would like to play with Las Vegas. At least he know he coming over here to a stout defense. Um, you know, it's, it's the question that should the Browns be trading another draft pick and all that. 
But when you try to win Super Bowls, bro, that draft pick shit don't mean nothing. I'm sorry. Excuse my French. That um draft pick dang don't mean nothing. Detrain, game changer, sports talk, industry sports, streaming from multiple media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube. Um, follow us at industry sports or at Detrain. If you missed the live stream. What you about to say, bro? Oh, no, my bad. Do, do your thing. Do your thing. You go, if you miss the live streaming. Um, update on rumors that's going on right now. Go ahead, spit them out. Spit them out. What's going on with Adams is to the Chiefs for a second round draft pick. Wow. That would be crazy. That's unfair. <laughs> that means that's unfair, bro. That's unfair. That's fucking unfair. Um, who was that? That was. That's unfair, bro. If that Jimmy Butler, if Adams go to the Chiefs for just one second round pick, bro, that's cheating. <laughs> that's cheating. Yeah, that's extra cheating. That's extra. No, cheating. listen. In my opinion, Devontae Adams is so good. And he's so pissed. Huh? Buffalo Bills now. Leonard Fournette went to the Bills. Yep, for um, Vickerson, Kendall Vickerson. That's all I really see right now. What you looking at this on? I'm on. Um, I'm on the Athletic, and I'm on the Twitter, the Twitter deadline shit. He on Twitter. All right. I ain't even been wrong with my Twitter. I'm on um yeah, I'm on, on PFF for shit. Let me see. I got my uh I got that straight off the Buffalo I got my uh ESPN ticker up. Let me see what's going on with that right quick. Um but yeah. Montez Sweat, Sweat Montez from the Commanders. Yeah. From the Commanders. Yeah, say to the Bears. The defensive, yeah, that's the defensive end. So that means they about to pay uh, Chase Young. What is it say for? That means they about to pay Chase Young, huh? I think it's say like for a 2024 second round. 2024 second round. Hold on. Mike's yeah, loading right, right, right now. Yeah, man. Look. Live updates. It is trading deadline for the NFL. Say it again, bro. Okay, I got you. Yeah. So the Washington Commanders and the Chicago Bears have agreed to a trade that is expected to say. Defensive in Montez Sweat to Chicago for a 2024 second round pick. Um, it makes sense though, right? Because Sweat in the last year of his contract, and they just picked up Chase, or they didn't pick up Chase Young's fifth year contract, which means Chase Young would be an unrestricted free agent at this year, at the end of the season. Um, and I don't think they wanted to let Chase Young go. Montez Sweat is a dog. Uh, and I think him going to Chicago is really helping him go help him out because Chicago's been really getting that defense better. Uh, they're going to be willing to pay him. 
the type of defensive end money that he's looking for. Um, and they need something explosive on that line to go with what they drafted already. Um, also, who is this? Hold on. The 49ers, the San Francisco 49ers and the Buffalo Bills are among the teams that are discussing potential trades for Chicago's cornerback Jalen Johnson. Um, Jerry Jones says that he don't think they're going to be making any trades. Derrick Henry unlikely to get traded. Um, Richie James, receiver from Kansas City, is a chance to get traded. And the Steelers are open for business when it comes to trades, which makes sense because, like I was saying earlier, they probably got the least amount of talent in that uh, in that division. Um, but dang, Montez Sweat to the Bears is a big thing, though. Um, I wonder how it's going to affect that Washington Commanders defensive line. Uh, maybe it might get them a chance to move guys around a little bit more because they got Allen, they got Payne, who they just paid. They got Chase Young. Each one of these guys can really play any position on the defensive line. Um, so if you get just another guy down there that can just soak up bodies, then you can kind of move these guys around and do a number of things. Um, so that's that's very interesting, man. As I was saying, D-Trend, Game Changer Sports Talk, Industry Sports, streaming on multiple media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube. If you um, miss the live streamings, you can catch the replays on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, various other streaming platforms. Just look for the Industry Sports channel, follow, subscribe, share, and then look for the Game Changer Sports Talk with D-Trend. Follow, subscribe, share, give us your feedback. You know, whatever streaming platform you're viewing us from right now, Definitely take a chance to, yeah, and I probably should share this a little more, right? Uh, definitely, uh, you know, get in the comments, you know what I'm saying? Let us know uh, how you feel, what you think about the topics, bring up a topic. You know, the link is down there, so if you want to um, speak, you know, come up on the video chat, speak your piece, and come on up, come on up. Um, right, hold on. Go ahead. I'm Andrew Berry right now. You Andrew Berry? I'm Andrew Berry. I hit you up. D Trent. Trade deadline, man. A few hours. What should I do? If Andrew Berry called me right now on the trading deadline, my two suggestions would be um if you feel like if Kevin Stefanski feels like Deshaun Watson is going to be out for a couple few more weeks, um, just so he's ready for the end of the season, or if you think it's something that might linger, not think you have to get a better quarterback as a backup. Um, you know, you could go for Jameis Winston. Um a guy who's probably real coachable by Kevin Stefanski. Um, you know, you could go back and get Jacoby Brissett. Um, Sam Howell is taking that job over. So maybe you can go get a Jacoby Brissett. Um, but your offense needs another weapon as well. 
Um, and I say Jacoby Brissett, you know, people say, why well, bring back Jacoby? Jacoby's only like on a one year deal. Um, he's only getting like $8 million. We have the cap space, plus that contract is going to be over at the end of the year. Um, but I will also say, if you can get Devontae Adams, you should take it. I'm so sorry. Um, if you can get Devontae Adams um, and it not break you, uh, I think that's a move that you have to make. Um, you have to make it, Andrew, because your offense is suffering right now. And if you bring a Devontae Adams over here, his presence on the field alone makes sure Amari Cooper is one-on-one all the time. So now if they got to consider doubling Amari, but they got to double Devontae Adams, what does that do for Elijah Moore and David Njoku running out the slot and doing things over the middle? How does that help your trick play game knowing it's two receivers on the end on the outsides that every defense has to respect? Just on the sheer possibility that it could work, you should do it. Devontae Adams is in a position where he doesn't want to be there. Now, you could go in the free agency and bring up a Kenny Galladay and do all that, but you're trying to win a Super Bowl. You're trying to win multiple Super Bowls with the team you have. If you get as many top-tier weapons as you can get. Um, and that would be my advice to Andrew Barry. Go for Jacoby Brissett because he's familiar with the system. He knows how to play well in the system. Um, DTR doesn't have to feel the pressure of being ready to be the number two this year and give him a year, the rest of the year, to really get his game up. Get his, you know, awareness up and bring Devontae over here and let it work. So, bruh, that's my answers. Devontae and Jacoby, that's it. It's my context. Um, hold on. There we go. That's what I was looking for. Um, oh yeah, so let's go back. Cause I was talking about the records and stuff, but we got to talking about the sports trades, updates, things like that. I was in the AFC North. Um, I definitely just talked a lot about the Browns. We'll go back to it in a second. But the Cincinnati Bengals, right? Joe Burrow, finally back in the form. They're four and three, two and two on the road, two and one at home, four and oh in non-conference play, but oh and three in conference play. So, clearly, anybody in the AFC, they can take. The AFC is where the Bengals had a problem. But to be 500 on the road, 2-1 at home, that's good. And just with this whole division, right, the only team with a losing record either at home or on the road is the Browns, and they 1-2 on the road. It should be 3-0 on the road, but that's another conversation, right? Um, but the Bengals seem to be coming into form. Uh, Jamar Chase seems to be getting getting back active for real. Uh, they had a really nice showing the other day, um, coming back and winning that game against the 49ers. So uh, big ups to them. Um, now let's go to the AFC South, right, which in my opinion is probably – 
the worst division in football. No, no. It's just the worst division in the AFC. All right? That's what it is. It's not the worst division in football, but it's definitely the worst division in the AFC. Um, and it's not like the teams aren't trying, right? Uh, you know, Houston had their whole thing, and they retooled, and now they got Shroud and all these other new weapons. Um, Jacksonville retooled. They they drafted um, Trevor Lawrence, got Kirk Ridley, some more weapons and stuff like that. Um, then you got um, Tennessee, right? And Tennessee just brought over D-Hop. You know, they drafted Burks last year, uh, Malik Willis last year. They got Levis this year, quarterbacks, Will uh, Willis and Levis. They still got Derrick Henry, even though a lot of people was talking about they might trade him or something or whatever the case. Um, but, I, you know, they in retool them all. And then you got the Colts, right? Uh, the Colts have just been going crazy and inconsistent ever since they lost uh, Peyton Manning. You know, and they had the trouble with luck, and they just had issues this year um, in the offseason with re-signing Quentin Nelson, and then they just had issues before they re-signed uh, Jonathan uh, Taylor, running back. Um, but their quarterback, Anthony Richardson, you know, he was a little banged up. They missed a couple games. They didn't have to run with Gardner Minshew. And, uh, you know, Uncle Minshew, he all right. You know, he definitely going to give you a fighting chance because he going to try. But uh, I don't know, man. What's really good, Blue? So this AMC South, right, you got Jacksonville at 6-2, and two, Texas at 3-4, and four, Tennessee at 3-4, and four, and the Colts at 3-5. and five. All right? Ain't really a lot to glance at, but the fact that each one of these teams have their franchise quarterback potentially. Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville, C.J. Stroud in Houston. Uh, it looks like it's going to be Will Levis with his last performance, four touchdowns in his debut, three to D-hop um, in a win. And then the Indianapolis Colts have Anthony Richardson. Now we get to the AFC West. Hey, bro, I'm going to say this again, right? If the Chiefs get Devontae Adams, bruh, it's cheating, okay? Devontae Adams could go for 2,000 receiving yards with Patrick Mahomes in just these last few games, okay? That's how good and pissed off Devontae Adams is, and that's how powerful he would be in a system of Andy Reid with Patrick Mahomes throwing in the ball. That would just be insane. All right. And they got all them young guys that they're trying to make number ones. But him being the official number one will just make those young guys even more effective because they have a lot less attention. Um, and they're already six and two. All right. And the Chiefs ain't even been playing their best, best football, but they still six and two. You know what I mean? You know, you got to respect them. The Los Angeles Chargers are three and four. All right. And. This team, bruh, I don't know what's wrong with this team. I don't know if it's the coaching. I don't know if it's the the scheme per se. But the Chargers should be a powerhouse team with all the talent they have. And they can barely maintain 
being a good, credible threat. They've played so inconsistent, it is bananas. Then you got the Las Vegas Raiders, who've been nothing short of terrible since they revamped the whole organization. Um, it's it's a mess over there. I don't know why somebody gave. Yeah, like I don't know why that somebody gave Josh uh, McDaniels a head coaching job. I don't know who said blue was really good. Um, I don't know who said that Josh McDaniels can actually uh, coach. Um, he should have stayed with Belichick, but he's not going to do more of a better job than what Gruden did. Um, I I don't know, man. I don't even know if they were talking about until they trade Devontae Adams. The Broncos, right? I think the Broncos going to end the year better than they started. Sean Payton is a really good coach. Regardless of what people say, uh, Russell Wilson is a really good quarterback. And they do have some talent over there. It wouldn't be the most shocking thing in the world if they made some trades. But I don't see why they would. Um, they need to just figure out how to use the team they got. Now, that is the AFC, right? And let's just go back over it. Um, it's only seven teams that gets in the playoffs, right? So right now, as shoe wins, Miami, Baltimore, Jacksonville, Kansas City are right now just about shoe wins because all of them are six and two, all right? Buffalo Bills will have the number five spot because they're five and three, all right? And then when it comes to the six and seven spots, which are wild card spots, you have the Jets, the Steelers, the Browns, the Bengals, um, all in that race. Um, well, I guess let's say they will all be in a race for six, right? And then in a race for seven, I guess it would be Houston, Tennessee, Indianapolis, Chargers, Raiders, Broncos. Let's say Chargers. Um, well, uh, let's say Houston, Tech, Houston, Tennessee, Chargers, because those three teams are three and four, and the teams before them are four and three, and the top teams are six and two. So for playoff spots, this is like a 12-team race, all right? At any point in time, any one of these top teams could go on a two-game losing streak. These other four and three teams can go on a two-game winning streak, and we're looking at a whole different division altogether. We're only halfway through. Um, like I say, uh, the trading deadline for NFL teams is at 4 o'clock Eastern Standard Time today, uh, Halloween, October 31st. Happy Halloween. Let me say that. Uh, happy Halloween to everybody, right? For all those with little ones that they're taking out, be safe, have fun for the party, people throwing parties, bless y'all, giving, you know, people um, of all ages, sizes, shapes, and colors, a place where they could just dress up and be safe, um, you know, have nice snacks and just enjoy the day, even though it's a weekday. Um, and I want everybody to be safe, no matter where you are in the world celebrating or where you at in the country, be safe, take care of one another, and just make sure the kids enjoy the day. Man, cosplay has become such a 
big thing on an everyday basis and just more on a routine side that, you know, a day like for Halloween, you know, whether your belief system is a day like Halloween should be cherished and, you know, made to be a good, joyous day. Um, so I hope everybody have fun. Definitely look, feel free to send tag D Trent in the, in the pics, all your best Halloween costumes or uh, Halloween team setups. I would love to see them all, man. Definitely. All right. So we going to just breeze through the a NFC, right? Um, you know, I can only go so long. I got to get ready to go to work in a few. Um, but it's been a minute since I've been able to sit up here and chop it with y'all for real, just on the football side overall. I'm going to tap basketball a little bit in a second, but we're just going to keep this football thing going, right? Because the NFC is a whole different story than the AFC, okay? There are not that many good teams in the NFC. At the same time, the teams that are good are definitely battling. Um, so if we start with the NFC East, which is – which. Just a little breaking news. The commanders, is they talking about they in talks with um, making moves with Chase. So let's see what they might happen. trade Chase too. Yeah, that's what um, that's what Rappaport just dropped. Hey, I'm sorry, Andrew Barry. We got to revisit this conversation. Bruh say, if you had some suggestions and Andrew Barry called you, what would you say? I'm so sorry, Andrew Barry. You have. I'm sorry. I feel like these two moves you kind of got to make. It's not the end of the world if you don't make them, though, Andrew. I promise you it's not. It's not nowhere near the end of the world if you don't make these two moves. But I'm just going to tell you, from my point of view, you should be making these two moves. You should definitely be trying to trade for Devontae Adams and Chase Young. Why do you trade for Chase Young? Zadarius Smith is on a one-year deal. One-year deal. All right? Will Zadarius resign? Who knows? But the way he's playing this year, he's going to get a big contract. If you're going to potentially pay another defensive end, anything close to $15 million a year, to pair with Miles Garrett, would you rather play Zadarius Smith or Chase Young? No brainer, right? I love Zadarius. But Zadarius got about two or three, maybe four years left for him of football. Injuries aside, you know what I'm saying? They don't come into play. Chase Young, injuries aside, don't come into play. Got a whole nother 10 years. That is literally a guy that gives you an option if Miles Garrett changes, has, is forced, and I would say forced, I don't think he's going anywhere, but it's forced to change his tune. Or if it's going to be a guy that he's going to mold to where eventually he won't win, he, but he's not getting the big contracts, he's got to take like a hometown discount and because the other guy got to get paid, why not be a guy he groomed that already played in the state? He just restructured his contract, so you know he want to make something happen here. And he um he a minority owner of the Cavs now, so you know he he want to. Yeah, he planned it. Yeah, he planned it. Hey, who is number ninety nine 
for the Giants because I'm seeing pictures of him and people. Leonard Williams. Who? Leonard Williams. Okay, so they they I've been seeing pictures of him and people got like Andrew Berry pictures next to him type shit. So. No, he already went to the Seahawks. So he went to Seahawks. So what we looking for now is um yeah he already went to the Seahawks. So what we looking for now is um Chase. I'm saying the defense already raw. But I'm just saying it like this. Down there in Columbus, Columbus the land, same snow. You feel me? And, and we just talking about, and I was just talking about trading for Jacoby, right? So if he trade for Jacoby, man, look, Jacoby and and uh, and um, Chase Young, you know, and we'll probably send you um, Jordan Elliott and uh. What else they need? Because you're going to need a defensive lineman so you can get him. Um, and you probably get a couple picks, bro. You probably get like a – you probably get like a second and a third, future second and a third for Chase. And then we could throw in like a future fifth for Jacoby. You feel me? If you got to trade some players, trade some players that you ain't going to resign no way. You know what I'm saying? But if you could pull off Chase, Jacoby, and Devontae, yeah. And when you bring Jacoby over here, you got to lightweight sign Jacoby for a couple seasons just to have that backup solidified and with that team and that type of leadership in there. Because I think that's a big thing that Jacoby brings that could have been used, that could be used right now, is that leadership. Um, even though he's been a career backup, it, he's still been in a lot of different cultures, and that leadership, it goes somewhere. Um, but damn, that would be nice, though, for real, for real. Um, let's go back to the NFC East, because we just talk about records. Um, so... Back to the division with the Washington Commanders in it, right? Philadelphia runs this division at seven and one. Dallas Cowboys are five and two. The Commanders are three and five. The Giants are two and six. Why are the Giants two and six? Simple answer: because you paid Daniel Jones one hundred forty million dollars, and because you paid Daniel Jones one hundred forty million dollars, spark riff with your running back, and then you couldn't go get better receivers. You are who you are. You're two and six because you prioritize the wrong things, and clearly you're all about to rebuild. Brian Debo, but you stuck with Daniel Jones, so you got to figure it out. You could have drafted your own quarterback and you chose him. Let's see what you do. The Washington Commanders, they traded Montez Sweat and they're about to trade Chase Young potentially, which makes sense because they didn't even pick up Chase Young's fixture option. But they've already paid Allen, and they've paid Payne on the defensive tackle side. And I think they feel like they can find more defensive ends um, and pass rushers. But they couldn't afford to potentially put 
$250 million into a, into a defensive line. You already got two tackles that's basically making $80 and $90 million over four or five-year contracts, okay? That's $160, all right? That's just at two positions. You got a whole lot of positions to fill on the team. Um, they have potential. They got the four Emmanuel Forbes, the cornerback they drafted, who's been playing really well. That offense is pretty good with Sam Curtis Samuels, Terry McLaurin, Sam Howell, who's been coming on, the two running backs, Brian Robinson, Anthony Gibson. Um, Jahan Dotson has been playing very well for them um, as a second-year guy. Um, so, you know, this is a team that could play playoff spoiler. Um, they could get hot. Things could happen. It's going to be interesting to see what happens in the next three hours. Um, the Dallas Cowboys. So people are not going to make a lot of hype about the Dallas Cowboys because when you do, they tend to start letting you down. But it does seem like that defense has been playing consistently and that offense is starting to turn the corner. Um, you know, if Philly loses a game um, in the next couple weeks and Dallas continues winning, uh, this could be an interesting conversation. Let's go to the NFC North, right? The NFC North is interesting, right? Because you have a Detroit team who is better than people give them credit for. You have a Minnesota team who doesn't know how to stay consistent, and clearly this offseason they didn't know what type of offense they really wanted to run. You have a Green Bay Packers team who was basically retooling and allowing guys who's been in a system for a while to actually get a chance to learn how to play professional football on an every Sunday basis. And then you have a Chicago team who just doesn't even know what they have. They are trying, though. I'll give them that. But they don't know and, what they have. And with Minnesota, you know, they just lost Cousins. So, and that's for the year. So, Cousins out for the year? I didn't do no I didn't do no uh, injury. So, in all fairness to y'all, right? His Achilles, man. His Achilles? Yeah. So, Minnesota. Oh, so Minnesota out. Minnesota out. Now, could they be a team that make a move with Jameis Winston? Or Derek Carr? No, Derek Carr out. Could they... Teddy Bridgewater, uh, Tyrod Taylor. I don't know if Tyrod Taylor, you know, that's a guy that could get a chance somewhere. I've been hearing they go run with the rookie they got. Minnesota? Yeah. What rookie they got? Let's check him out. I want to find out right now. They are a second-year player or something like that. I want to find out. We're about to find out right now. Who this guy is? D Trent, game changer sports talk, industry sports, streaming on multiple media platforms. Um, if you missed the live streaming, please follow us, subscribe us at Industry Sports Channel on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, and various other streaming platforms. Um, right now, I am about to pull up who is the next quarterback to take over for Kirk Cousins because I'm not going to lie. I am definitely unaware that he had an Achilles injury. Uh, 
y'all gotta excuse me. I just had a personal death in the family not too long. Well, actually, over the last like two months, two and a half months, three months, I've had like four personal family deaths. So y'all gotta excuse me. I just been a little bit out of it. Uh, I'm getting back in touch though. I'm getting back in the swing of things. You know what I'm saying? Just excuse me. Okay. So you talking about Sean Mannion? Or Jaron Hall? Oh no. You got Tanner Morgan? Oh no. What I know they all ain't rookies, is it? No, uh Jaron Hall and Tanner Morgan are rookies. Cause yeah, I was hearing it was like a um, rookie or a, a, a second year player, but I think I was hearing them say it was a rookie. So it gotta be one of them rookies. Man. I don't even know. So it's probably Jaron Hall because it say um, Tanner Morgan got cut and Sean Mannion is is on the practice squad on developmental. I don't even know how that works. Um, but that's interesting. So Minnesota's out of it. Let's just say that, right? Let's just go. To, Minnesota's out of it. Uh, unless this rookie quarterback, you know, whether it's Hall or Morgan, comes in and just wilds things. Minnesota season is over. That gives Green Bay and Chicago a chance to like put something together and go for a wild card spot. But I don't know, right? Because hold on. First, before I leave this division, I just want to give a little more love to the Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions, bro, hey, listen, bro. are playing you, bro. great football. I told you, mate. Hey, listen. You did. I told you, man. Hey, listen, the Lions, man, they coming. They coming. They on their way. Mr. Kneecap, bite the ankles. <laughs> got, you talking about uh, Jameer Gibbs? Got, no, so they coach. He got the boys playing. Oh, uh, Campbell. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Bite the Ankles. You know what I'm saying? Nah. He got the boys playing. They playing for him, man. They believe in him, bro. And I think yeah, it looks like they're trying to make some moves too. So let's see what's going on. It's definitely about to get. Listen, I'm gonna try to go up to as much as I can before I have to peel. You feel me? I'm rocking with y'all. Um, but man, this is crazy, though. I'm not gonna hold you. Uh, so let's get to the last, the last division, right? Uh, the last two divisions in the NFC. So you got the NFC South. Which it has Atlanta at four and four, the Saints at four and four, Tampa Bay at three and four, and Carolina, who just won their first game, is one and six. Um, the Falcons finally benched Desmond Ritter, and now Tyler Haneke is going to run things over there, which he probably should have been a starter for the jump. The New Orleans Saints just getting Alvin Kamara back, but just lost David Carr. Now, they have Jameis Winston, but I don't know if they want to play him and they're going to keep playing Taysom Hill. I don't know what they're going to do. Tampa Bay has about the most consistency of that division overall roster-wise to actually do something, especially as a, a, a former champion two years removed. So they might have the best chance right now looking at it. Um, but you don't know how Baker's going to play. Baker's been playing pretty good, though. So, you know, he could turn a corner. We're going to see how that works. All right. And now we get to the NFC West. 
which is the most Jekyll and Hyde division in the league. Seattle with their Sunday win over the Browns in a very good back and forth game. Um, they're now five and two. The San Francisco 49ers are five and three um, with their recent loss to the Bengals on Sunday. The Rams are three and five, and they just got smoked. And I mean smoked by the Dallas Cowboys. And then you got uh, the Arizona Cardinals who are, I don't even know if they're an NFL team anymore. And I'm not even saying that to be disrespectful. I'm really saying that in a case of confusion. Like, Arizona, bruh, what is the plan? What is the plan? That's all I'm asking. I'm not even judging. What is the plan, though? Because clearly Cliff Kingsbury either didn't have a plan or y'all didn't like his plan. And Jonathan Gannon, I mean, I think he is pretending to be a really good coach, but I don't know what type of personnel he's looking for or what he's looking to run. So this is why I say Jekyll and Hyde, because the L.A. Rams are a few years removed from a Super Bowl win. Um, and Cooper Cup is out. So Cooper Cup returns in the next week or two. You know, do they go on a streak? Um, we don't know. If uh, Seattle can keep pulling out nail biters, or, you know, was that win and they go on a two or three game losing streak? San Francisco has lost like two out of the last three. And. You know, is this the time of year where they kick it up and they're going to start, you know, winning three, four, five games in a row? Um, you really don't know what you're going to get out of the NFC West. The NFC overall is not really as strong as the AFC, but the AFC's top two teams, three teams, can definitely give any team in the AFC a problem, um, which makes for good parity, right? So if we're looking at the playoff standards for the AFC for the NFC right now, Philly would be number one. Detroit would be number two. Um, Atlanta would be number three, I guess. Seattle would be number four. Then, uh, and this will make it interesting. Dallas and San Francisco would really be five and six, and then you have. Currently, Minnesota, New Orleans, Tampa Bay fighting for what be the last playoff spot. With an outside chance, the Commanders and the Rams could make a, a push. All right. So you virtually only really got about 10 teams in a run for seven spots. Virtually in the AFC where you got about 13 teams in a run for seven. Um, the this listen, the NFL is good this year. I said that this will probably be one of the best NFL seasons we've had in a long time, uh, maybe possibly in the 2000s overall. Um, it's been it's just been crazy. A lot of crazy plays, a lot of crazy stats, performances in the clutch. 
I mean, the Browns won. Listen, the Browns with a backup quarterback won two games back to back on on game ending drives, and damn near did it a third time. If PJ Walker hits Elijah Moore um, on that third and four in the red zone, Elijah Moore walks in the end zone. The Browns are up 27-17. They get the ball. Um, Seattle will get the ball. On that ensuing possession, if Cameron Mitchell catches the interception, that's a pick six. And now the Browns are up 31-17, right? So, as they say, the game, football is a game of inches. It is a game of opportunities. And you have to capitalize on every opportunity you get, every chance you get, because you never know how the game is going to swing. Um, but the NFL is exciting this year, all right? Um, if I'm going to put my midseason grades and claims on it, um, so look, right? Because in football, you get to midseason, and it's all about the stats, right? You think about players who could be considered for so many different awards, right? So when you talk about offensive players of the year right now, right, um, it is fair to say – oh, don't do me like that. It is fair to say these quarterbacks have a chance. Tua Tungavailoa, who leads the league in passing yards with 2,416. Kirk Cousins would have been in this conversation, but he is now out for the year. Patrick Mahomes is always in this conversation. Jared Goff is finally being a part of this conversation. Josh Allen is a part of this conversation. And Jalen Hurts, who is 71, is probably leading this conversation with Tua at two, right? And Mahomes at three. Um, now, depending on who you talk to, you know, that order could switch. But I think as far as quarterbacks are concerned, um, Hurts, Tua, and Patrick Mahomes definitely lead this race with Josh Allen behind. As far as quarterbacks considered for the MVP award. Um, is what I'm speaking on. Now, when it comes to the running game, right, I ain't going to say it's been a lot of crazy runners. Um, and technically, I feel like had, you know, San Francisco not dropped two of their last three games, um, you know, Christian McCaffrey, is really in this conversation. He is scored in 16 straight games that he has scored from the line of scrimmage in 16 straight games. The guy has 652 rushing yards off 137 attempts, nine touchdowns, three runs over 20 yards, two runs over 40 yards, right? He is, he is doing his thing. Zach Moss is up here with 589 yards. Travis Etienne is 583. And DeAndre Swift at 571. Um, but as far as, you know, running backs are concerned, um, 
Christian McCaffrey, if anybody's going to be in the MVP conversation with those quarterbacks on the offensive side, or I guess offensive player of the year, that's what it was. I'm sorry. Um, he would have to be up there. Um, now, as far as receivers go, right? I think this has been a receiver's year, all right? We all know that Tyreek Hill is in this conversation, all right? Offensive player of the year, maybe even MVP, but we just sticking offensive player of the year right now, okay? Tyreek Hill. <laughs> and this is the thing about receivers, man. When you got one, you got to hold on to them because they don't make them this special all the time. Tyreek Hill has 61 catches in eight games, okay? Almost eight yards, eight receptions a game. He has 1,014 yards. He has eight touchdowns. 16 catches over 20 yards, seven catches over 40 yards. That is phenomenal. A.J. Brown has 60 receptions, 939 yards, five touchdowns, 17 catches over 20 yards. That's crazy. Puka Nakua, a late-round draft pick who came out of nowhere for the Rams. He has 61 catches, 795 yards, and two touchdowns with 16 catches of 20 yards or more. And then you have Stephon Diggs, 64 catches, 748 yards, six touchdowns, seven uh, receptions, over 20-plus yards. Um. This offensive player race in the NFL is going to be crazy because I think there are other guys that are going to become viable for these conversations now that, you know, everybody has got into football mode. Um, everybody has got their football conditioning under them and with them. Um, D-Trent, Game Changer Sports Talk, Industry Sports, streaming on multiple media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube. Um, follow us at D-Trent or follow us at Industry Sports. Also, you know, go on your web browser, type in industrysports.com. That's industry sports, all the S's or Z's. It's all one word, N-I-N-D-A, streets, sports.com, where you get the latest articles. Um, that we have about sports around the world. Um, definitely a lot of local going on when it comes to Cleveland and Ohio, but we do cover sports entirely, so you find articles on any random team for any random hot topic at any given time every day. Um, so subscribe to industrysports.com. Definitely follow the articles, give the feedback if you have. Uh, individual, uh, a young athlete, or, or even a team that you feel like should be spotlighted, you know, should get some, a little more recognition. Hit us up. We do the background. You send us the information you got. We do our research, and then, you know, we spotlight them, all right? Um, if you do miss the live streams, you can catch the replays on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, and various other streaming platforms. Right now, it's been a long time since I met you. Without a dope beat, the step two, step two. <laughs> rest up to Magoo. Um, died this year, earlier this year. Uh, rest up to a legend in the music game. Uh, you get to chop it with a lid now, homie. It just made me think of that, thinking about that song. But um, back to these NFL stats, right? Because it's been a crazy year, like I say. I said earlier, I thought this was going to be one of the best football seasons we've had so far. 
um, outside of different injuries and the different slow starts for different teams that people feel like should be playing a lot better. Um, it's been a pretty good been a pretty good season so far. Um, and I think the best is very yet yet to come. Uh, trading deadline is at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It is now 1.18 Eastern Standard Time. We're going to see what's going on. There's been a lot of rumors. A lot of things may happen, may not happen. We going to see how this plays out, all right? Um, another topic, and this is probably the last topic I'm going to touch on when it comes to football before I switch over to basketball before I end it off, um, is defense. Okay. Um, right now, and I, I really don't even need the stats for this. Um, right now, as far as I've seen, right? Eagles, Browns, Cowboys, Chiefs, Jaguars, Ravens. Um, 49ers. And I'll show love to Detroit. Those are like the top 10 defenses right now. And I'm going to show love to Miami too. Um, the defensive play is outstanding for these top teams. Like, they are really getting in these opposing offenses' faces. They are making it tough on these offensive coordinators. I mean, and why am I highlighting this? Because over the past several years, the offensive players have gotten so much leeway when it comes to the rules and rules changes and adjustments. Um, and to have 10 teams, 11 teams, that have what I would consider stellar defenses, regardless of what little minute you know, semantic hole you want to try to identify within whichever team that I'm speaking of. It is nice to see hard-hitting football. It is nice to see game-changing defenses. That's allowing uh, medio, uh, in some cases, uh, mediocre offensive production to still remain with a chance to do something. That is true football. Whether it's a 70-point game or a nine-point game or a three-point game, that's one of the things that make football so interesting is you never really know what type of game you're going to get game to game, week to week. When you have defenses that make it hard for opposing teams to score, you always have a chance to win the game. That is why it is so important for your offense to take advantage of opportunities the defense gives them. Turnovers, three and outs, um, uh, you know, a, a break in fortune on a call that extends a drive or ends a drive or puts the opposing team in a compromising position that allows your team the chance to capitalize. You have to take those all the time. It's close to all the times you can. You have to take advantage of it. But it is nice to see defenses back in the NFL. Hard-hitting, snot-knocking-out type defenses. You can't run. You can't pass. Your offensive coordinator got to figure out 
how to move the ball. That's what I like to see. All right. Um, but if I'm also like I say, if I'm gonna pick right now though, um, as far as uh, MVPs of the league right now, um, I'm going to go with Jalen Hurts, and I'm going to go with uh, Tyreek Hill as my top two candidates. Um, Patrick Mahomes is number three just because he's always in the conversation. Uh, but those would be my top two for MVP, Offensive Players of the Year, Jalen Hurts and uh, Tyreek Hill. They may split it one and one. One may get both. Neither of them may get it. We got to see how the rest of the season plays out. On the defensive side, though, Miles Garrett. This is not even debatable. Miles Garrett had a game where he had two sacks, a block field goal, and two tackle for loss in the first half. He ended that game with nine tackles. He has single-handedly been able to disrupt quarterbacks and opposing offenses so much that the Browns had allowed less than a thousand yards collectively after five, six weeks of the season. That is just phenomenal. All the years that people had reasons not to even want to give him the award, he's played in every game this year. He's seen less double teams due to the additions of Dalvin Thomason and uh, Zedarius Smith and, and Okoronko Aganoba. Uh, 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 Oka. I got to get his name right. But I will just say double up. My apologies for messing up your name, bro. Um, but they have, you know, played so well, it allows Miles to play a lot more free. Um, he's even got a Euro step that he used to get to a sack. This is phenomenal, man. You know, like I say, when you get to GOAT conversations, GOAT has to has to be a player that makes the entire league, entire league adjust to how they play. Not them adjusting to the league. The entire league has to adjust to them. And Miles Garrett is proven to be one of those players right now. Now, I don't have a lot of time. All right. I have to get ready to go to work soon. But I do want to touch on basketball just a tad. Um, so many different things has happened, right? Dame Lillard finally gets traded. And I know this is an old topic, but I ain't talked to you all about it. Dame Lillard finally gets traded, and he goes to Milwaukee, and now he's with Giannis, right? And in my opinion, um, That is an amazing combo. Why is it an amazing combo to me? Because they literally complement each other's skill set. Giannis is a big, old, strong, seven-footer that's very athletic, but he does more damage playing in and around the paint inside the three-point line when he doesn't have to be the main creator and the main score. And that's another thing. He can be the main score, but when he doesn't have to be, he's that much dangerous. You put Dame over there, short, not the best defender, but could do everything on offense, include shoot from the other side of the court. Okay? You put those two together, you have a phenomenal, phenomenal combination. They are going to give people problems. Chris Middleton, whenever he returns to form, 
it's just going to make that duo or that trio even much more lethal. And everybody in the league is going to have problems stopping them, especially after knowing that Dame has three more years left on his contract. Giannis got one more left on his expiring contract and then just signed a three-year extension worth $186 million. So him and Dame will be playing together for the next four years. Chris Middleton is on a contract, and I believe this is either the last year of his deal or this is the second last year of his deal. Um, so we're going to see how that goes. Um, and I think they set that up pretty nicely. James Harden just got traded to the Clippers. And in this trade, P.J. Tucker and Philip Pestrozov. Pestro, I don't even know. I'm sorry. I think it's Philippe. Philippe Pestro. I don't know who this is or where he came from. Sounds like an overseas guy. I have no info on him currently at the time. Um, but the Clippers seeing Marcus Morris, Robert Covington, KJ Martin, um, a pick swap, an unprotected pick, and a second round pick. Off of Harden, right? So now the LA Clippers going into next season because they're going to give James Harden a new deal. Going into next season into their new arena that's going to be in Inglewood in LA County is going to drop with a lineup of James Harden, Russell Westbrook, Paul George. Kawhi Leonard and Ivan Zubak. And regardless of what anybody says, everybody in LA is going to be buying a ticket to that show. Okay? The Stable Center and the Lakers will have the Stable Center all to themselves for the first time ever. And they're going to be in steep competition. Especially if it turns out that LeBron gets to the finals, wins the finals, and has a chance. He's probably going to retire, in my opinion. Probably going to retire. So that's going to leave a big hole. Um, but the Clippers, they could do some damage, all right? Um, the Warriors, you know, they got their little squad over there. I ain't going to lie. Not having James Wiseman is going to hurt them. More than they know. But Jonathan Kaminga, dog. Shout out to my boy Don Pizzle, right? And if y'all know Pizzle, you know, make sure y'all check out uh, Pizzle Show, um, Club Pizzle. Um, I believe you definitely can find it on Spotify. I want to say he would, he, you know, it's an independent show he didn't have. Um, he was with a couple stations before. He didn't went fully independent now. I don't want to give you or say it in the wrong name, but I do know it's called Club Pizzle with Don P. You could definitely catch it on Spotify. Um, and I brought Don P up because Don P said something about, uh, damn, what team was I was just about to talk about? Uh, Kaminga. Kaminga came out in the draft that we got Isaac Okoro, if I'm not mistaken. And we didn't take Kaminga. We took Okoro. 
I like Okoro. I'm not mad at his development for separate reasons, but I like Kaminga. And I feel like Kaminga on this squad right now, uh, on this Cavs squad, would be gas. With Mobley, that'd be gas. It would be, it would be super gas, in my opinion. Um, but the Warriors, you know, they look like they're coming to play this year. Um, Dallas look like they're coming to play this year. I like the addition of Derek Lively with uh, Luka and, and Kyrie. Um, they going. You know who else I like right now? And they don't have Steven Adams or Ja, but Memphis. Add Marcus Smart and having um, Derrick Rose come off that bench. Um, Desmond Bain is really growing into his own as a as a top scorer um, or potential top scorer in this league. Memphis look good. Chicago is interesting. Wait, hold on. How do I skip over Boston? Boston is crazy stacked. Okay. Boston has Drew Holiday at the point with Jalen Brown. Well, I guess Derek White start. You got Jalen Brown at three. You got uh, Tatum playing at four. You got Prozingas at the five. Wait, hold on right quick. Yeah, though. Them Boston Cats with Przingis at the five. I don't know how you stop that, okay? And this is what I mean, right? Because they're going to come off the bench um, with Horford. Um, and I like Peyton Pritchard, too. Um, but, bruh, Holiday and Jalen Brown. Holiday, Devin White, and Jalen Brown are – all top tier defenders. Jason Tatum can play when he wants to play and can be very effective. But Prazingas is a blocking machine. Right? And all of them can stretch the floor. Every last one of them can hit threes. Every last one of them could take a player off the bounce. This Boston team is strapped. It's going to be a long season for a lot of the NBA with these Boston Cats. It's crazy, the team that they got over there. I'm so sorry, y'all. I'm going to say a team that people are not going to be talking about until the middle of the season, and they're going to be surprised. And this team is the Portland Trailblazers. Um, I don't expect Portland to get off to a super hot start. Um, but I think after like 15 games, they're going to play a lot better. I don't think people really give any consideration to the team they actually have, right? And you could say what you want. You could 
you know, hey, I don't think this and I don't think that. But this is this is not a bad roster, bro. I'm going to just start with the veterans, right? As far as veteran players, they have DeAndre Aiden, Malcolm Brogdon, Jeremy Grant, Robert Williams, and Matisse Thybul. okay? If you don't know nothing else, you know every last one of them names I said play defense. Aiden, Grant, Thybul, Malcolm Brogdon. All right, and Robert Williams. All defensive. They could run that lineup, right? With Bogdan playing the point and Thiable playing the two, Jeremy Grant playing the three, Robert Williams playing the four, and Aiden playing the five. And that's one of the top five, potentially top seven, top five. One to five best all-around defending fives in the league, all right? But then they got young guys like Anthony Simons and Scoot Henderson and Shaden Sharp and uh, and the Jabari Walker cat and Chris Murray, which is the brother of um, Murray and um, Sacramento. I can't think of his name right there. I'm so sorry. He's the twin brother. Whatever the case. Listen, bro. Portland could become a playoff sport at some point in this season. Portland could potentially make the playoffs in this season. Um, Chauncey over there, you know, listen. It could get real serious with that team. Um, a team that I think gonna make a lot of noise, OKC Thunder. Um, but you know, I ain't gonna spend a lot of time on basketball, so we just gonna talk about the team I like, and we gonna talk about the Cavs. All right, and the Cavs start off the year injured. All right, the Cavs have a whole bunch of injuries. Okay, Jared Allen hasn't played yet; he has some type of ankle injury. Part of me deadline trade. Um, you have Garland out, Mitchell is out, Ty Jerome is out, um, and I think somebody else is out as well. Um, Garland, yeah, Mitchell, yeah. So, yeah, all of them are out. All right, um, but you know, for what the Cavs have. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing how JB plays with these lineups. I've been liking seeing Evan Mobley at the center, and I don't want him to move. Um, I want to see if JB is going to try to play Allen at the four and see how that works. Um, but Allen has to get more better with his feet work moving laterally, checking on the perimeter. Um, I think Isaac Okoro is going to have a breakout year. Ain't going to be too, too crazy, but I think he is. I think Karis LeVert is going to legitimately contest for sixth man of the year. Um, But I want to see how Donovan Mitchell 
evolves as an all-around potential superstar. Now, he's a star right now, but I don't think he's a superstar yet. Um, but it looks like in the beginning of the season, his one-on-one defense has picked up tremendously. In two of these three games, he's gotten a crucial steal and score um, in the last minutes of the game, inside the last five minutes, last two minutes of the game, last couple possessions. Um, and I think that's a big thing. Haven't seen Garland yet to see to see how it plays, but Matt Struess has been a great addition, um, scoring double-figure points and double-digit rebounds in two of the first three games. Um, when that lineup is fully together with Allen and and Mitchell and Garland, uh, with Struess and Mobley, I think there's definitely going to be one of the better teams in the Eastern Conference for sure. Um, you know, they're going to have their hands full, though, because, like I said, Milwaukee or Boston, uh, these teams are loaded. Um, and you got a lot of other teams that are definitely going to contend or, or at least not make it easy for the Cavs for whatever they're trying to do. Um, I really want to see how much time Imani Bates gets um, as the season progresses and how his jumper – um, translate to the NBA level, um, but I definitely want to see him, Porter, and Isaiah Mobley get a lot of run um, with the charge and in the developmental league. Um, I think they had really good chemistry um, in the pre in the summer league when they won a championship, and I would like to see if they could pull off a G League championship as well. And I think that'll make them very much prime to be everyday players in the NBA next season for the Cavs. And a lot of Cavs, a lot of flexibility with different things is going to be coming up with contracts and players. But this is just the beginning of the NBA season. And right now we're trying to see the Cavs go to the ship, to the finals and return for the first time without LeBron James, which would definitely put a lot of hype on the city. Um, but I am D. Trent. This has been Game Changers Tour, sports talk, industry sports, streaming on multiple media platforms. As I say, if you missed the live stream, you can catch the replay on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, and various other streaming platforms. Um, I will be going live soon again. It may be tomorrow. Um, we're going to cover more of the NBA, um, you know, probably touch on, uh, re recap, you know, what NFL trades actually went down leading up to the end of the deadline um, and what to look forward to for the rest of the season for teams. Uh, with the moves they make. It's been a pleasure rocking with y'all. You know, you're going to see me more often, hear me more often. And the music podcast will be streaming more often as well soon. So look out for, as Smack say, look out for more developments and details on those things coming up real soon. You know what I'm saying? Man, it's been a pleasure rocking with y'all. D-Train, Industry Sports, Game Changer Sports Talk. One, we'll holler at y'all later.